Good morning. And welcome on this, well, wonderful fall morning. We'll take what we get for fall. Uh, at this time, I invite those who are able to please stand and join in singing hymn 381. Rite 2 continues on the front of our seasonal booklet and can also be found on page 355 of the Red Book of Common Prayer. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, increase in us the gift of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain what you promise. Make us love what you command through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. And happy Halloween, Kevin. Please be seated for the readings. A reading from the book of Leviticus. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall not render an unjust judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. With justice you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not profit by the blood of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbor, or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, 
but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. first letter to the Thessalonians. You yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our coming to you was not in vain, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully mistreated at Philippi. As you know, we had courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in spite of great opposition. For our appeal does not spring from deceit, or impure motives or trickery, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the message of the gospel, even so we speak, not to please mortals, but to please God who tests our hearts. As you know, and as God is our witness, we never came with words of flattery, but with a pretext for greed, nor did we seek praise from mortals, whether from you or from others, though we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nurse tenderly caring for her own children. So, deep, so deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also with our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. The word of the Lord. Please stand as you're able and join in singing hymn 531.
In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, amen. amen. The title, Son of David, is scattered throughout the Gospels, and it could be explosive when it was attributed to or thrown at Jesus. Why is that? King David, who lived about a thousand years before Jesus' time, and who reigned for 40 years, was regarded as the greatest of ancient Israel's kings. He had many fine qualities and a number of flaws. His life is a great story and continues to hold interest. The Bible calls David a man after the Lord's own heart. And we may wonder how such a man, the list of whose sins and even crimes is evident and displayed in scripture, how he could earn such praise from the scripture. And I think it's because in spite of everything, through thick and thin, David loved God. And when he was convicted of wrong, took his medicine. And there are striking examples of this in his life, but this is not a sermon about David. 
let us simply realize that the monarchy stemming from David lasted about 500 years, the first half of that thousand years before Jesus. It came to an end with Babylon's destruction of Jerusalem and the exile of the leaders of Judah into Babylonian captivity for 70 years. After those exiles returned, at least some of them, they rebuilt some of Jerusalem, including the temple. But David's monarchy was not restored. It was dreamed of as Judah hoped for deliverance from her various conquerors after Babylon. There's a whole list of them, including Alexander the Great. Yes, she dreamed of a restoration, but it was not restored. The Jews hoped for a son of David to arise and set Israel free again, as she had been under David. By the time of Jesus, these expectations had intensified into believing the son of David would be Israel's Messiah. Israel's prophets, such as Isaiah and Jeremiah and others, had written of the Messiah and they had drawn pictures in their prophecies of this great leader. But their most striking pictures did not seem like a military political hero at all, more like a righteous suffering servant preaching good news and working wonders for the poor, the sick, and the outcast. Isaiah goes so far as to envision an atoning sacrificial death. And this all begins to look like someone we know and love called Jesus. Never mind. A military political hero was what most people wanted as they watched their Roman overlords and paid taxes to Caesar. There were a number of rebellious figures who claimed to fill that military political hero role that fill that bill, even down to Jesus's day, but their movements came to nothing. And then just a few decades after Jesus, a great Jewish war against Rome was ignited and it brought nothing except much greater destruction. The demolition of Jerusalem, the destruction of the rebuilt temple and the dispersion of many Jews from the land of Israel to other parts of the Roman Empire. It was as great a disaster as the Babylonian captivity. What is going on with Jesus and that title often given to him, Son of David? A great deal. St. Matthew, who is our gospel writer for today, the gospel we just heard, St. Matthew was very interested in the connection and at the beginning of Matthew's gospel. Matthew calls Jesus, he says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then he traces the descent from Abraham down to David, down to St. Joseph. However, most interestingly, he refers to Joseph 
not as the one who begat Jesus, but as he says, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ, Messiah. And then he tells the story of Christ's conception by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and of Joseph, their protector. Now, during Jesus's ministry, when people called him son of David, he did not contradict it, nor did he dwell on it. But as in today's gospel, when Jesus asks the Pharisees about the Messiah, whose son is he? They say, the son of David. Here, Jesus is simply pursuing his question. And this time, by the way, it's about Psalm 110. That's what the subject of the whole second half of that gospel is, Psalm 110. That Psalm was originally a coronation hymn when a new king in David's line was crowned. By Jesus's time, 500 years after these coronations had ceased, the rabbis ascribed the Psalm to David himself. So Jesus picks that up and asks them to explain if David calls the Messiah Lord, how can this person be David's son? And Jesus' question puts an end to a series of malicious attempts by some of the religious leaders to trap him in his talk. Actually, our whole gospel today is an attempt to trap him, including the one about the commandments. And it raises an interesting issue one that certainly interested St. Matthew and the early Christians. Son of David may be true enough as far as it goes. Matthew, after all, took the trouble to trace David's lineage down to St. Joseph. But it does not go far enough at all in two important ways. The first way is that the Messiah may descend from the house of King David, but the Messiah is God's son, which is why David may call him Lord. The second is that the Messiah does not fit the military political description for a son of David. On the contrary, Jesus's greatest moment, the culmination of his life and ministry is right over there on his cross, a, pol a military political catastrophe, if ever there was one. I, when I am lifted up, will draw all people to myself, said Christ. And this was not a description of the enthronement of a military political hero or his conquest. This was Jesus's description of his death. I, when I am lifted up, will draw all men to myself. So the kingdom of this son of David was not a kingdom of this world. The crowning of this son of David was with thorns. The throne from which he reigned was the Roman cross of crucifixion. And except for a few family members and close friends, the adoring crowds had fled the scene leaving it to those who mocked him, who presumably, some of whom were the people who were testing him in today's gospel. And yet, 
Three days after his death, his tomb was found empty. Despite attempts by his enemies, probably the same folks, to say that his disciples stole his body away, Jesus began appearing from the other side of death to his amazed followers, brilliantly alive. Just as amazing, and I think we tend to take this for granted in the church, just as amazing, here we are, 2,000 years later, that's twice as far after Christ as David was before Christ. And here we are celebrating Jesus' self-sacrificing death as our food and drink by the power of his resurrection. And yes, indeed, Jesus' sacrificial death, I, when I am lifted up, is his drawing power from that first Easter to this very morning's Eucharist. This is a wonder we take for granted, and yet here it is, Sunday by Sunday. We have a wonderful hymn that we often sing, especially in the epiphany season after Christmas, and I'm going to close with its first line. Hail to the Lord's anointed, great David's greater son. Now, you do know that hymn, but I'm going to have to sing it for you in order for you to appreciate it and to remember it. Excuse me, maestro. Hail to the Lord's anointed, great David's greater son. There it is. Greater indeed than David, God's son. Jesus Christ is God's word made flesh, God incarnate. Jesus is also the one true human being who offers life to all the rest of us, his brothers and sisters, whom he invites to come into the body of Christ, the family of the God he so intimately called his father. His invitation is right in front of us. So yes, the son of David is here. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, amen. Please join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed found in our booklets or on page 358 of the prayer book. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. 
and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We commend to your mercy all who have died, especially the right Reverend David B. Jocelyn and Albert J. Logley, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for Camilla Lee, Robert and Margaret Leeson, and Emily, Richard, and Jackie Lennon. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for the Diocesan Commission on Investments, Commission on Finance, Program and Budget Committee, and all who service the financial ministries of this diocese. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. And before I give the concluding collect, I ask your prayers for all who grieve the loss of family and friends due to violence. And we pray especially for those who lost 18 members of their community in Maine, in Gaza, Israel, Syria, in the Sudan, in Ukraine, and all other areas that are at war. We pray, gracious God, that those who shelter this day and this night in fear may soon find a place to lay their heads where they can rest peacefully and safely. Almighty and eternal God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, mercifully accept the prayers of your people and strengthen us to do your will through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. 
Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Good morning, everybody. It is Ron Cowie, your friendly neighborhood senior warden, with the announcements, or some curated announcements, as the kids say these days. Uh, first and foremost, uh, which I think is it's a little bit further on, but the shared service with Congregation Beth David is Sunday, November 19th, and there's going to be a 9 o'clock discussion, the topic to be announced or whatever, and then the 10:15 morning prayer service, and Rabbi Adler is going to be giving the, I guess it's the homily, but the converse, the thing. Um, and that's it. I think, you know, you don't need to look too far to understand why these kind of relationships are really, really important, and it's you know, and our relationship with Congregation Beth David has been a real high point and a wonderful little gem in our spiritual journey. Uh, nominations for Vestry, I've talked about that. I think it's great. Um, but the Thanksgiving Community Market is November 19th, and that's a little bit further on down the road. But more importantly, would you please talk about the Boy Scout Drive? This, you talk. And uh, last but not least, uh, the Stray Dog Thanksgiving dinner, November 23rd at 1 p.m. Uh, that's here, and we started, it's the second annual. We started it last year as just kind of a goof to, um, for people who just don't have plans or they want to get out of their plans or whatever, or just people who are by themselves, to have a place where we can kind of sit down and have Thanksgiving and be a little bit of a community. Which leads me to my last off-topic announcement. Um, let, this last Tuesday, the Vestry had a great meeting, and one of the things we really kind of talked about was communication, and it's the thread that ties us all together. And so one of the very simple things that we're doing is each Vestry member got a list of 10 people to pick up the phone and talk to. Uh, and we'll bring you up to speed on what's going on at the church. But it's just kind of practicing that real simple act of reaching out to one another. I, th I mean, I think what Father Mead said, you know, how we can take things for granted. I really tuned into that. Um, you know, it's easy to take what we do here for granted. We just show up and you kind of sleep through it, at least I do. And you, you forget that what's happening here is really important. And one of the things that really activates that 
what we're doing, that grace that we're getting here is reaching out to each other just to say, hey, how you doing? Or here's what's going on. I hope to see you. I haven't seen you a little bit. What's going on? Uh, not to pry. But you know what I mean? Um, it's relationships really do need to be lived in, I suppose. And that's one of the things I'm learning here at church. Um, and I also, and you know, a very good friend of mine once said that we're going to be talking a lot about a little tiny, a bunch of tiny things as opposed to one big thing. Um, and that's also the primary purpose of that, just so we can kind of stay current and we don't have big problems anymore. We just have these little things that just go away with the breath of conversation. All right. Did I leave anything out, boss? I've got a couple. Okay. Finally, the announcements for the rector this morning. First of all, if you follow forward day by day, the November, December, and January books, they look like this. They're located in the back of the church and over on the table in the parish hall. If you're following the current one, it's not going to do you much good past Tuesday. Um, also, if you want to just try out forward day by day, go to uh, just put in forward day by day it will bring you to the website and the daily meditations are there right available on your phone. I'll bet you there's even an app for that, but I haven't quite gotten there yet. There's an app for morning prayer. What can I say? Also, for those visiting this morning, please take a moment and um, fill out a visitor card if you haven't already done that and given us your information or put us or ask to put us on our e-blast list. Please do so. That's how we communicate. It's interactive. That's how we do signups. And not last but not least, it's official. We'll be sending out a letter this week. Um, Drake will be ordained to the transitional deacon on December 9th. We can actually say it out loud. We don't have to use code anymore. Um, December 9th at 4 p.m. here at St. Peter's. We are looking for ushers. We are looking for people to help with hospitality. If you can help with hospitality, information on how to contact Debbie Wilson and Angel Hilliard will be in that letter and all sorts of information on that event. One thing I'm gonna remind people, we're expecting over 200 people at this point for the service. Dignitaries from the diocese, um, people from Yale, people from ECC, people from everywhere. The bishop starts on time, not St. Peter's time. So plan to come at least 15 minutes early a, to find parking, it will be dark at that time, and B, to um, be able to get here and find a seat. So I just really want to encourage that. And finally, Andy, thank you for another wonderful homily this morning. Greatly appreciate to have you back after six months and um, here with us and um, not circuit writing. So we're glad to have you home with us this morning. So those are my announcements as well. Um, and also, this is an off week. We, nobody was able to sign up to help with coffee hour. So unfortunately, there will be no coffee hour this morning. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and, offering and sacrifice to God.
hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. God of all power, ruler of the universe, you are worthy of glory and praise. Glory to you forever and ever. At your command all things come to be. The vast expanse of interstellar space, galaxies, suns, the planets in their courses, and this fragile earth, our island home. By your will, they were created and have their being. From the primal elements, you brought forth the human race and blessed us with memory, reason, and skill. You made us the rulers of creation, but we turned against you and betrayed your trust, and we turned against one another. Have mercy, Lord, for we are sinners in your sight. Again and again you called us to return. Through prophets and sages you revealed your righteous law. And in the fullness of time you sent your only Son, born of a woman, to fulfill your law, to open for us the way of freedom and peace. 
By his blood he reconciled us, and by his wounds we are healed. And therefore we praise you, joining with the heavenly chorus, with prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and with all those in every generation who have looked to you in hope to proclaim with them your glory in their unending So, Father, we who have been redeemed by him and made a new people by water and the Spirit, now bring before you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be the body and blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his friends and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, gave thanks and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering now his work of redemption and offering to you this sacrifice of thanksgiving, we celebrate his death and resurrection as we await the day of his coming. Lord God of our fathers, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Lord God of our mothers, God of Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, open our eyes to see your hand at work in the world about us. Deliver us from the presumption of coming to this table for solace only and not for strength, for pardon only and not for renewal. Let the grace of this holy communion make us one body, one spirit in Christ, that we may worthily serve the world in his name. Risen Lord, be known to us in the breaking of the bread. Accept these prayers and praises, Father, through Jesus Christ, our great high priest, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit, your church gives honor, glory, and worship from generation to generation. our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please stand as you're able and join in singing hymn 680. 680. 